is that time of the week, listeners, everyone's favourite time because I've got Gail at the table. Hello, Gail. Yes, I'm at the table and I've just, you know, Catherine was almost very excited to tell me that she's actually baked some stuff that we were talking about in our last session and I'm going to do the taste after this session. So um, this is going to be very exciting for me. And hopefully by next week she will get over whatever she's eaten uh, and be fine. (laughs) (laughs) And we can talk about it. (laughs) No, it's going to be very exciting tasting and it's lovely, you know, that she's actually having a go at doing some of this, um, these recipes. So better than me actually, but never mind. But I get so inspired because we have great stuff. Oh, good, good. Well, we've got great stuff this morning, Catherine. We've got honeyed pears with ginger. Mm. So, and pears are just about in, I think, you know, uh, various couple of different varieties, I think. So we're starting off with six pears, six teaspoons of honey, six small knobs of butter, a ground ginger, a two-centimetre knob of fresh ginger or thereabouts, finely grated, juice of half a lemon, two tablespoons of additional honey, 200 mils of water, two egg whites, half a teaspoon of corn flour, and four tablespoons of caster sugar. So that's all our ingredients. Now for the method, uh, we peel the pears, cut in half lengthwise, and remove the core using a teaspoon. Now we talked about this last week with our cucumbers. Works really well. I did it because oh, did you? Yes, because part Look, of your tasting following instructions. Tzatziki is in the fridge waiting for us. Wow. Mm. Well, there you are. Uh, so uh, basically. Uh, that's what you do, and and um, what am I looking at now? I've lost my place. Place the flat side up in an oven-proof dish, and in each core hole where you've taken the core out, place a teaspoon of honey, a small knob of butter, and sprinkle with a little ground ginger. Now, heat the water, lemon juice, grated ginger, and the second measure of honey, and stir well. So you're just stirring that to basically, you know, combine it together. Uh, then pour into the dish of pears. Avoid pouring the liquid over the pears at this stage. And you're baking them at 170 degrees Celsius, basting occasionally after 10 minutes. And then you're doing that occasionally till they're cooked. It doesn't really give us a, a, a time, but uh, pears are quite thick. So I would say at least 30 minutes. Okay. At least 30 minutes for them to cook. But they but they still need to be firm, not like the ones you get out of a can. They're quite sort of soggy. Uh, remove from the oven and turn down to 100 degrees Celsius. Whisk the egg whites until they form peaks. Whisk in the corn flour and the caster sugar. And spoon or pipe the meringue mixture in the middle of each pear half. Now, these should look spectacular. I haven't got a, an illustration, but they will look good. So you're returning those to the centre of the oven um, to set. Now, it's only 100 degrees, so I would say just for the whites to set, what, 15 minutes maybe? Okay. Uh, just to set, just keep an eye on. You can usually tell when they're set because, you know, you touch them and they'll, you know, sort of stay firm. So, and then, of course, when they're done, serve on a lovely plate, uh, hot, or they will be hot, um, with cream. <laughs> or, or, and 
Okay, but some of the syrup that it's... Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, we've got the syrup, don't forget, yes, because yeah. you've been basting. So you could actually just, you know, tip some of that syrup over the top too Oh, as that well. sounds delicious. It does sound nice, doesn't it? Yeah. Nice. Fresh fruit. We should be using our lovely fresh yes. fruit that's in season. Absolutely. Yeah. Good one, so, girl. Um, that's a good one. And um, so the next one, that's the dessert. So we're reversing it this morning. <laughs> we're going to have the savoury now. No rules. No rules. No rules. So this one... Um, we were talking about just as we went on air. Um, I think I'm going to make this tonight and I'm going to go into the supermarket and get what I need. So it's a savoury zucchini loaf and uh, very easy and good for the heart because this is out of the heart book. Oh, okay. there you go. Good, out of the heart book. So savoury zucchini loaf. Now we're starting off with 40 grams of flora proactive. Okay, so we're using that because we're, it's out of the heart book. Okay. And they're not putting butter in there. So if you want to use butter, I'm not going to stop you, but this is what it says for this uh, recipe. One onion diced, one clove of garlic crushed, three zucchinis grated, now one 400-gram can of chickpeas drained, two eggs, one teaspoon of curry powder, half a teaspoon of ground cumin, two tablespoons of self-raising flour, and two tablespoons of grated cheese. Now, if you want to stick with the heart um, process, you could use reduced, um, you know, reduced fat cheese, um, and you can get vegan cheese, of course, or vegan cheese, because I've brought it myself. Um, I can't say that it's that wonderful, sorry. Uh, but I have bought it and I have eaten it. But, um, you know, if I have a choice, I only bought it for a reason. Somebody in the household was um, using it, so I thought, I'll get some vegan cheese. So there you are. And do you like vegan cheese, Sam? Uh, well, I try not to eat it so much, but I, if you put it with other things, it's pretty good. Mm. I make my own vegan cheeses. Uh, the soft cheeses are really nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, there you are. But, uh, but anyway, you can use the um, vegan cheese. Four tablespoons of low-fat natural yogurt to serve. Mm. Okay, so we're preheating the oven to 180 degrees Celsius, lining a loaf tin, of course, with our baking paper, which we love, uh, and melt the flora proactive in a frying pan and fry the onion for two to three minutes until softened. Add the garlic and zucchinis and fry for a further three to five minutes or until softened. Now place the chickpeas, eggs, curry powder, cumin and flour into a food processor and blend until combined. So it's sort of making a bit of a sauce, isn't it? Yeah. Really um, like a, a sauce to go with the, with the vegetables. And then combine the chickpea and the zucchini mixture and pour into the prepared pan and sprinkle with that cheese. Bake for about 30 minutes or until browned and cooked through. And allow to cool slightly before slicing because um, it'll just break up if it's, you know, and if you don't use the right knife. I get very particular about the knives that I cut. I have a knife for the bread, a knife for meat, a little nice little paring knife for, you know, tomatoes and stuff. I hate blunt knives. So, you know, you're using a good knife. So let it cool. And then I'm sure it'll look lovely. You could put um, low-fat yogurt next to it and be beautiful, plain, and uh, serve with a salad. Yum. Sounds oh, good, doesn't it? That's what we're all baking tonight. Well, we are. So next week we'll be giving you the 
taste, you know, that we had from it because I think, you know, Sukuni's got a bit of flavour in the chickpeas. So we'll be just telling you exactly what it tasted like. Yes. Yes. Getting hungry. Very nice, very nice. So how are we going, Catherine? I reckon we've got time for one more before we play a song, girl. Oh, okay. Well, I might just squeeze in this very good base for casserole. And I've got to tell the listeners I've actually done this. So you can use it for, well, chicken. Yeah. You can use it for good old blade steak or other types of steak uh, that you use, even gravy beef, cheap cut of meat. But if it's cooked slowly, nothing wrong with it. Add this base to it and it'll be beautiful. So long as you do slow cooking if you're using gravy beef. So we've got one red onion diced, one teaspoon of crushed garlic, one tablespoon of brown sugar, one tablespoon of whole grain mustard, one tablespoon of sweet chilli sauce, quarter of a cup of tomato paste, and three or three and a half cups of beef stock. Now, if you're doing chicken... Uh, use veggie stock or chicken stock. Don't, don't put your beef stock in, obviously. But this is a very good, tasty base for casseroles. And just brown your meat, throw all that in with it, put it in your slow cooker, go to work for the day and come home and, oh, man, it smells beautiful when you're walking in the door. Perfect. That's it. Well, there was some brown sugar in that, so I think we should play some Rolling Stones brown sugar. What do you think? <laughs> oh, perfect. So 
1971, that, Gail. Wow. Gee, that's a few years ago now, isn't it? Just, He's still going strong. Yeah, Good amazing. old Mac. Yes. Maybe he's been having some of your cooking. <laughs> well, he might want some of this. Tuna and carrot pasta bake. Now, this is another good one, and this is another one that's good for the heart. But at any time, listeners, you know, if it says, you know, to have, you know, unsalted butter, butter, or all these other things, use what you've got, how you feel. This is, you know, we're not forcing you to have what we actually say. So if you want to change something, um, please do. So we've got... Two cups of um, penny pasta. Is that it? Penny pasta? Pen- penny. Penne. Penne pasta. One and a half cups of sliced carrots. 60 grams of flora proactive. 30 grams of plain flour. Two teaspoons of whole grain mustard. And two and a half cups of trim milk. But as I said, if you want to use whole milk or any other type of milk, please do. Quarter of a cup of chopped parsley. One 425 gram of um, canned tuna in spring water uh, drained. And, of course, they might have tuna and oil, but we don't want that. It would be we a bit want, oily in the back, yeah, wouldn't it? Would it would be, yeah. So we're just in spring water. And a half a cup of dried breadcrumbs, 20 grams, again, of flora proactive, and quarter of a cup of slivered almonds. And, of course, you know, probably end up having this with a salad as well. But preheat the oven to 190 degrees Celsius and brush a 2-litre capacity dish. Cook pasta according to the pack directions and drain. Place carrot in a saucepan with a little water. Cover and cook over a low heat for 6 to 8 minutes, stirring occasionally, you know, so that it doesn't catch. Because a lot of water, so just stir them so that it makes sure that they're all getting immersed into that water. And then drain those carrots and set aside. So that's six to eight minutes. It seems like a long time to me for sliced ones. But anyway, it depends on how big the slices are. But place the flora active, the flora active, the flour and mustard into the saucepan and stirring occasionally cook for one to two minutes like a roux. Mm. You know, just like you're making a sauce, of course. Gradually whisk in the milk and cook until the sauce comes to the boil. So that's continue whisking and cook for two to three minutes. So it's basically like a cheese sauce, but it's, you know, it's not really. And remove from the heat and stir in the parsley, tuna, pasta and carrot and place the mixture into a prepared dish. Combine the breadcrumbs, the slivered almonds and the extra uh, flora proactive and sprinkle over the mixture. And that gives it a nice crusty top and bake for 20 minutes or until golden brown. So And serve that with a salad Ooh. as well. So that little topping. Yeah. And um, you can, of course, um, do your own breadcrumbs yes. uh, instead of using commercial. So yeah. it's always nice. They're sort of chunkier. Yeah. And, uh, well, if you're grating them or putting them in your processor or something like that, um, yeah, I always think it's far better. Super easy to do, especially if you've got a bit of bread, got a little bit stale. Just dry Good. it off a little bit more it in is. the oven. Yeah, I think oven. it's great using up the old uh, and stash it away in the freezer if you've got yeah. too much and just bring it out when you need it. Yep. So absolutely, um, absolutely perfect. Tuna and carrot pasta bake. That's a really good family one, that one as well, it is. isn't it? Kids like eat carrots. That. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, um, I, I think my family like carrots, but they like them raw. They oh, yeah. eat them, you know, in chilled water on the table, oh. out they come. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, they do. They love it. Yeah. yeah, love it. But but this is I like carrots anyway. 
cooked or otherwise. So, I mean, I would like this. Yeah, nice. Very nice. Anything with pasta in a dish, you can throw it in the oven. It just makes life easy, doesn't it? Fantastic. Fantastic. And I love pasta. Yeah. Now, this here, um, Catherine, is jelly squares. It's a dessert, obviously. And um, I've made this before, but quite some time ago, but I've never put it over the program. But it looks nice. Well, looks nice. It looks amazing. It does look nice. And um, and it's easy enough to make. So what we're doing with this, jelly squares, 185 grams of butter, melted, and 250 grams of plain biscuits crushed. And that could be wine, um, any type of biscuits, malt biscuits even, although any of those plain biscuits crushed. And you can crush them with your rolling pin, put them in a processor um, ready for, for, for the melted butter. Now, we've got two teaspoons of gelatine plus two teaspoons extra, a half a cup of boiling water, two tablespoons of lemon juice, and 395 gram tin of Highlander's sweetened condensed milk. Been around for a long, long time, Catherine. And one packet, that is 85 grams, of strawberry jelly crystals. In this case, it is strawberry. So you can use pineapple, you can use any colour you like, but red is nice. It's sort of festive, isn't it? Yeah. Now, grease and line a Swiss roll tin with baking paper. And, of course, you're combining the butter and the biscuits and press firmly into the prepared tin. You know, just make sure it's even no little hills in it. Just press it down with both hands. And then you're refrigerating that. Now, you're going to set that aside in the fridge. Dissolve the uh, gelatine, that's the first measure, in boiling water uh, in a medium bowl. Add the lemon juice. This is another bowl, of course. So you're dissolving the gelatine and setting it aside in boiling water. Another bowl. um, Add the lemon juice, the Highlander's sweetened condensed milk, and the reserved gelatine mix. uh, mix. So um, that's when I say reserved. I mean the stuff set aside. Yeah, the other two teaspoons, I think it was. Uh, No, I I think the, the other two is for the jelly. Okay. Yeah. So this is what we've set aside. And they say reserved, but I say set aside because okay. I sort of think, well, what a reserved? That's rather unusual. So you're mixing. I'll just repeat that: um, the lemon juice, Highlander sweetened condensed milk, and and the gelatine mix, which you've put aside with the boiling water. By that time, it'll have cooled a bit. Beat until well combined, and then pour that over the biscuit base and refrigerate for one hour or until set. So usually that will, you know, be about an hour. Now, the strawberry jelly, make strawberry jelly as per packet instructions, adding in the extra gelatine as we talked about. Oh, which that's is where two, that comes from. That's where it comes from. And I think it's to make sure that the jelly is going to set. Really set, you No, know, yeah. really set. So you're doing that and then cool, because you always make jelly with fairly hot water. So cool the mixture Once cooled, uh, pour over that chilled base in the fridge and leave that for one hour or so. So basically, that is it. So you've got your base, you've got your lovely mixture sort of in between, and that lovely jelly on the top. So it looks really, really nice. Now, when you've made this, uh, please cut it with a warm knife, which means you can run it under hot water and uh, just cut it with a warm knife because then you don't get the jagged edges and it then slices nice, ah. nice and firmly. Because wow. if you use a cold knife, mm. you sort of just get that wobble on and um, it won't look so good. Yeah. yeah. But 
when I saw this recipe, Catherine, I just saw a sweet memory, and I thought, oh, I wonder if this is a connection with the with this recipe. Yeah. So on the same page, and I looked at it, and I read it, and I thought, well, isn't this lovely? So I'm going to read it. Good. That's okay, isn't it? Absolutely. Right. Now, in the 1930s, my late parents owned a general store in, in uh, Waimeha in the King Country. I hope that's correct. When I came home from primary school, it was my job to unwrap the apples and pears and arrange them in rows on the shelves. And my reward for the week was a tin of Highlander sweetened condensed milk. Now, this lady I'm talking about is 80, so quite a while ago. Now, I have been a fan ever since and put two heaped teaspoons in every cup of tea. Oh, I'm 86 years old. Sorry, got that wrong. And I am in wonderful health. When people are unwell, I always say, why don't you try some magic condensed milk? (laughs) It has become a standing family joke. When I turned 80, my daughter put on a surprise party and my brother Ray arrived with a beautiful wrapped box containing a tin of, wait for it, Highlander condensed milk with a card that said, Happy birthday, 80 years young and still going strong thanks to Nestle. Oh, my goodness. They should use that in their ads. Isn't it wonderful? That's gorgeous. wonderful. Yes, so I got that a bit wrong. She's 86. 86. Yeah. And fancy getting a reward of a a tin of condensed milk. Well, back then, yeah, they didn't know, I guess. No. I I have used it when I've been out tramping because you can buy it in the tubes. Yeah. And it's quite good to you know to put in your coffee. It's great uh, when coffee. I had milk in my coffee. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, there you are. I thought that was just a lovely story. So there you are. It's um she's just you know that is gorgeous. Yeah. Hey, let lovely. us know as well. Drop us a line on Facebook if you make any of these recipes. Let us know how you go. We'd love to share that story with the listeners. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. And we have got some taste testing to do. Yes, we have. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. We're making time for that. So um, sorry, listeners. uh, We're just going to move on out now and taste. What have we got? um, We have got. Name it off one by one. We've got a chickpea. uh, It's like a dip, a chickpea dip. Chickpea dip. Which is has your lemons and your parsley in it that you gave me last week. Must be good. And then we have tzatziki. Oh, tzatziki, yes. With beautiful homegrown mint in there. And then I've made a beetroot dip out of the beetroot that you gave me last week. Well, look at that. We're mm. just going out for an ultimate feast. So yeah. um, thank you, listeners, for listening today. And uh, I'm off going out into the, into the um, morning tea room. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye. program was made with assistance from New Zealand On Air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.org.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand On Air.